0: Welcome, dear listeners, to another fascinating episode of Snippets of Knowledge, your sanctuary for the curious minds. We're all about dissecting intriguing ideas from the books that make us pause and ponder. In today's journey through the realms of intellect, we're going to untangle the intricate tapestry woven by Daniel Kahneman in his groundbreaking book, Thinking Fast and Slow. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, settle in, and let's get ready to explore the hidden intricacies of the human mind. Together, We'll discover how our thoughts sculpt our reality and how we can harness this knowledge to lead more insightful lives. Stay with me as we embark on this thought provoking adventure, unpacking wisdom one snippet at a time. Imagine you're walking down a familiar street, your mind is wandering, and all of a sudden, you have to jump back onto the curb to avoid an oncoming car. That's system one in action. It's quick, automatic, and saves you before you've had a chance to logically process the danger. System one is our default operating mode. It's our autopilot running in the background, handling all the routine stuff like reading emotions on a friend's face or detecting that one sound in a quiet room. It's impressively efficient, but sometimes a little too eager to jump to conclusions. Ever read the first few lines of an email and felt a rush of anger only to realize later that you had misinterpreted the tone? That's system one's handiwork. Now let's talk about system two. Picture yourself trying to solve a difficult math problem, the kind that makes you furrow your brow and look off into the distance. That's when System 2 kicks in. It's like the methodical, careful Sherlock Holmes to System 1's quick-draw Watson. System 2 takes its time. It analyzes, deliberates, and questions. The thing is, System 2 can be a bit of a slacker. It's lazy by nature, happy to chill out and let System 1 do the heavy lifting. That's not necessarily a bad thing, If we stopped to consciously think through every decision, we'd never get anything done. But problems arise when System 1 jumps in where it really shouldn't, making snap judgments on things that require a more thoughtful approach. Here's the curious part. While System 2 likes taking the back seat, it also has a bit of an ego. It often takes credit for decisions made by System 1, like that time you decided to jump out of the way of the car. In reality, you didn't decide anything, your body moved before you could even think about it. But afterward, System 2 insists it was all part of the plan. Understanding the dance between these two systems helps us navigate not only the external world, but also the inner landscapes of our minds. It explains why sometimes we can't resist the pull of a late-night snack, despite our best dieting intentions, and why we might find ourselves mindlessly scrolling through social media instead of tackling an important project. Kahneman's exploration of these two systems gives us a framework for understanding the software of our mind. By being aware of which system is in play, we can attempt to steer it, to catch those biases before they catch us, and maybe even give System 2 a little nudge when it's trying to snooze through something important. Our brains are like incredibly sophisticated computers that are running complex software to make sense of the world around us. But just like any system, there are times when it needs to rely on shortcuts to process information quickly. Daniel Kahneman calls these shortcuts heuristics. They're mental rules of thumb that we use to make snap judgments. Take, for example, the availability heuristic. This is our tendency to use information that comes to mind quickly and easily when we make a decision. If you can easily recall news stories about airplane accidents, you might overestimate the risk of air travel, despite statistics showing it's one of the safest modes of transportation. Our brains confuse the ease of recalling something with its frequency in the real world, and this can skew our perception of risk. Now, these heuristics aren't inherently bad. They're actually essential tools our brains use to function in a complex world, but they can also lead us to biases, systematic errors in thinking that affect the decisions and judgments that we make. And one of the most prevalent biases is confirmation bias. Where we tend to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms our preconceptions, giving undue weight to evidence that supports our own beliefs. Another classic bias that Kahneman discusses is the anchoring bias. This occurs when we rely too heavily on the first piece of information we see. Say you're out shopping for a TV and see one that's originally $3,000, but it's on sale for $1,500. That initial price sets an anchor in your mind, making the sale price seem like a fantastic deal, even if the TV is not worth $1,500 to begin with. But why do we fall prey to these biases? Well, they're often a byproduct of System One's fast, automatic, and emotional thinking. They arise from its aversion to effort and preference for a coherent story over statistical truth. We'd rather have a story that makes sense than one that's actually accurate. And while these biases can help us quickly make sense of a complex world, they can also trap us into flawed reasoning. Kahneman's exploration of heuristics and biases invites us to be alert to these shortcuts in our thinking and to recognize that our intuitive responses may not always lead us down the path of rationality. By understanding these mental patterns, we can develop strategies to counteract them and move towards more sound, deliberate decisions with our slower, more logical system two at the helm. Now, wouldn't that make for a mind well-equipped to navigate the tricky waters of decision-making? All right, let's talk about a common quirk of the human mind, overconfidence. You know, that certainty we often feel about what we know even when, let's admit it, we might not have all the facts. Daniel Kahneman pokes at this in thinking fast and slow, shedding light on how our overconfidence can tint our judgment, leading us down some pretty foggy paths. Now, here's a classic example. Imagine you're at a trivia night and a question pops up asking about the length of the Amazon River. You're sure it's around 5,000 miles, so sure that you're ready to bet a round of drinks on it. Lo and behold, it turns out the Amazon is actually closer to 4,345 miles long. Oops, that's a round on you. This, my friends, is a textbook case of overconfidence in action. But overconfidence isn't just about being wrong on trivia night. It extends to high-stakes decisions in business, personal life, and, well, pretty much everything. We often overestimate our knowledge, underappreciate the risks, and oversell our abilities. The result? We make decisions based on what we think we know, rather than taking the time to really dive deep and analyze the situation. And there's a sibling to overconfidence that Kahneman talks about, the planning fallacy. How many times have you thought, oh, I'll just clean the garage this weekend, or I'll finish that report in a couple of hours? only to find yourself scrambling at the last minute because it took way longer than you thought. We tend to be overly optimistic about how quickly we can complete tasks, blissfully unaware of the plethora of things that can and usually do go wrong. This rosy scenario syndrome leads to missed deadlines, stress, and sometimes a compromised quality of work. It's not just you or me either. It's a widespread phenomenon affecting even seasoned professionals who are deep in their fields. Think about big infrastructure projects. Ever heard of one that finished on time and under budget? They're as rare as finding that proverbial needle in a haystack. The takeaway? Kahneman encourages us to second guess our gut feelings, to challenge our confidence with a dose of healthy skepticism and to plan for the uncertainties of life. That doesn't mean being a pessimist. It means being a realist. By understanding our overconfidence and the planning fallacy, we can edge a bit closer to making decisions that stand the test of time and reality. Remember, reality loves to throw curveballs, so let's not make the mistake of thinking we're always the star batter. One of the most groundbreaking ideas that Daniel Kahneman presents in Thinking Fast and Slow is the prospect theory. This concept flips conventional economic thinking on its head. Traditionally, it was believed that we make decisions based on the final outcome, But Kahneman, along with Amos Tversky, showed that it's not just about the outcome. It's also about whether the outcome is framed as a loss or a gain. Prospect theory asserts that losses hit us harder than gains. So if you lose $20, you're going to feel that pain much more than the pleasure you'd get from finding a $20 bill. Isn't that intriguing? This asymmetry between the emotional impact of wins and losses is known as loss aversion. This loss aversion can be quite a hurdle when it comes to decision-making— It causes us to avoid risks when we stand to gain, but embrace risks to avoid losses. Imagine you're a soccer coach and it's penalty shootout time. Your decision on which player should take the next penalty kick could be influenced by your aversion to the loss of missing the shot, rather than the potential gain of scoring a goal. But why do we exhibit loss aversion? It's tied back to our evolutionary history. Avoiding threats was crucial for survival. That ancient wiring still influences us, making the fear of loss a potent motivator in our modern lives. The implications of loss aversion are vast, rippling through finance, policy decisions, and personal life choices. Investors may hold on to losing stocks, hoping to break even, while individuals may stick with the status quo in their lives simply because they fear change would result in loss. In recognizing this bias, Kahneman urges us to step back and reframe our approach to decision-making. Rather than being driven by fear of loss, we could benefit from a more balanced perspective. That means taking a hard look at potential outcomes, and considering gains and losses with equal weight. It's about moving towards a more informed and less emotionally driven decision process. So how can we temper this instinctual bias? It starts with awareness. By understanding that we're naturally inclined to weigh losses more heavily than gains, we can begin to adjust our thinking— This adjustment doesn't happen overnight, but it's a journey worth taking to enhance our decision-making and ultimately our lives. As you ponder this theory, ask yourself how loss aversion might be influencing your choices. Might there be an opportunity for you to make a more balanced and less fear-driven decision? Kahneman's insights give us a fascinating lens through which we can assess and, if necessary, correct our approach to risk, rewards, and change. Framing the way information is presented to us is not just a matter of spin or marketing. It fundamentally shapes our decisions and judgments. In thinking fast and slow, Kahneman reveals how different frames can lead us to entirely different conclusions, even when the information is essentially the same. Take this scenario. You're a doctor. You need to choose a treatment for a patient with a life-threatening disease. Do you opt for surgery that has a 90% survival rate or one with a 10% mortality rate? The options are statistically identical, but studies show that doctors are more likely to choose the procedure when it's described in terms of survival rather than mortality. That's framing at work. Kahneman explains that System 1, our automatic and emotional thought process, is particularly susceptible to framing effects. For instance, a discount that gives us extra cash instantly feels more rewarding than saving the same amount over a year even though the latter may be more prudent financially. System 2, our slow, logical processor, may intervene, but not always. And when it does, it takes effort to see beyond the initial frame. One real-world example Kahneman discusses is the framing of social problems. If unemployment is framed as a loss, a decrease from the norm, people may be more supportive of strong measures to combat it. Conversely, when unemployment is framed as a statistic or a natural fluctuation, the sense of urgency to address it diminishes. Moreover, the impact of framing is not just a matter of personal perspective, but can have widespread implications. In politics, economics, and even in our interpersonal relationships, how issues are framed can determine policies, influence market behavior, and shape negotiations. Understanding framing effects allows us to question the first impressions we get from the presented information. It prompts us to consider alternative presentations before making decisions. And that's crucial because just as Kahneman's work has shown, what you see is not just what is there, it's also how it's presented to you. By acknowledging how frames touch every decision, we begin to see the power of framing and the importance of looking beyond the surface to make sound judgments. Kahneman's insights into framing compel us to ask ourselves, is the choice I'm making influenced by the frame? And that's a powerful step towards better decision making. As we wrap up our journey through Daniel Kahneman's enlightening observations in thinking fast and slow, let's take a moment to reflect on the profound insights we've uncovered. Recognizing the existence of our two thought systems, System 1 and System 2, has been a revelation. System 1, so quick and automatic, and System 2, methodical and calculated, are the silent puppeteers of our minds. However, it's the awareness of our susceptibility to heuristics and biases, the shortcuts our brains love to take, that can be transformative. By understanding how these mental side streets sometimes lead us astray, we empower ourselves to steer back onto the path of clear thought. For me, one of the greatest takeaways has been understanding the traps of overconfidence and the planning fallacy. It's all too human to have too much trust in our knowledge and predictions. Recognizing this can save us time, energy, and plenty of headaches. It's also fascinating how our decisions are constantly under the spell of loss aversion, part of Kahneman's Prospect Theory. We've learned that losses often loom larger than gains and how this affects our everyday decisions from finance to personal choices. And let's not forget the impact of framing on our decision-making processes. How a problem is presented, or how we choose to see it, can radically sway our judgments. Recognizing our cognitive biases doesn't just enrich our understanding of human nature, it also sharpens our critical thinking and decision-making skills. By embracing the insights from Thinking Fast and Slow, we can strive to outsmart our own brains and make wiser, more reflective choices. Thank you for joining me on this intellectual expedition. Until next time, remember, a little knowledge can go a long way. Thank you for tuning in to Snippets of Knowledge. I hope today's journey through the fascinating ideas from Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman has offered you some incredible insights and perhaps even challenge the way you understand your own thought processes. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you're hungry for more knowledge, please consider subscribing. By doing so, you won't miss out on any of our future explorations into the numerous ideas, concepts, and theories that shape our world. Until next time, keep learning, stay curious, and we'll have plenty more snippets of knowledge to share. Take care, and may your thoughts be ever insightful.